Thanks for listening to this message brought to you by Cornerstone Christian Church. For these and other great resources, please visit us at sparkswillfly.cc. So it's just an honor to get to stand here before you this morning. So why don't you grab the hand of the person sitting next to you, or if, you gotta, if you're sitting by husband or sitting by wife, you put your arm around them, pull them close, grab the hand of the person sitting next to you. Let's just pray for a minute. Come on, the presence of the Lord is in this place this morning, man. How many of you can say that, can just nod at me and say, the presence of the Lord is in this place this morning, man. If I, never, if I don't even preach anything this morning, it's been good. We could go home and know that we've left transformed, we've left changed, amen. Oh God, Holy Spirit, we welcome you even a fre- in a fresh way. We want you, Jesus. Come on, can you just, even just, you can pray quietly right there to yourself. If you have a prayer language, you can just pray in the Spirit. Oh, Holy Spirit, we long for your presence, and we're thankful, God, for when you come and you touch us, there's nothing like it. God, your dwelling place and your embrace is like none other, God. It's like just, it's like a kiss, Father, that we can't explain when you kiss us with your presence, when you embrace us and wrap, Father, your loving arms around us. God, I thank you that just as Matt told us this morning, you don't label us by our mistakes or our shortcomings or faults or failures, but God, when you see us, Father, you see your beloved daughter, you see your beloved son, who you are so, so pleased with, God. So I ask you this morning that the love of the Father would baptize every heart, that the love of the Holy Ghost, that the Spirit of God would flow in every heart from hand to hand right now and from person to person. God, it's with great brokenness and humility that I come before you today, but Father, with with great confidence and knowing because your word tells us that we can come boldly. Father, in these next few moments that we have here together, I ask you, Lord, that Father, if something comes from the throne room, that they, Father, that these people, that your people will remember it, that it will quicken us, that it will transform us, or quicken our moral bodies. If it doesn't come from the throne room, God, I pray that we cast it down. Father, that we forget it. For Father, I can do nothing without you. We can do nothing without you. It's by your might and by your power. Father, it's not by our might, not by our power, but by your spirit alone, God. Father, we come to you again as little children wanting a touch from their daddy. This morning, we crawl up in your lap and receive the love of a father. Come on, here recently over the last couple of weeks, one of the things that the Lord's really been doing in my heart is just revealing himself as father to me. Romans 8 says that we've not received the spirit of bondage, but our soul cries out, Abba, Father, the spirit of adoption arresting our hearts. Whoa, man, that's good news this morning. You're not an orphan in this place. You belong to something greater. You belong to the creator of the universe. You belong to Yeshua the Christ, the son of the living God. And I don't know about you this morning, but even as I was talking to Allison last night, you can look up, you can let go of the hand of the person if you're still holding on to it. Alice and I were just talking, and I was like, man, it's with great hope that I wake up in the morning. You know what I mean? It's with great hope that, that I know that God himself is alive. He's breathing. He's moving in my heart because the Scripture tells us, right, that the same God and the same Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is the same God and is the same Spirit that's alive on the inside of us this morning. And He's not a broken man, as He told us this morning. He's not a broken man on a cross anymore. He's not a dead man in a tomb or broken in a manger or or a baby in a manger. But how many of you know that He's alive? He's seated at the right hand of the Father. Not only that, but you and I are seated with Him in that 
that place. Come on, that's a revelation, man. I want to say it's Psalm 70 or Psalm 77 where David is talking to the Lord and, and he's talking about how the conversation that goes on between the Son of the living God and the Christ, the Father. Just, just even, if you can just picture that in your mind. And let's just say this. Let's just think about this for a moment. How would your life change and what type of decisions and how would your week look like if you knew that as you were going about your day and as you were going about your week that the Son of God was talking to our Father whispers and secrets about your life. Come on, man, that's good news because the footsteps of the righteous are ordered. He has plans for you that you don't even know yet, man. He has a destiny over your life. There's a purpose that's deep, deep down on the inside of you, and every step that you take toward him is one step greater and further into your purpose this morning. Jesus, we're thankful for that. We're thankful, God, that you are the living hope that we sang about this morning. If you've been here with us over the last couple of weeks, Pastor's been talking with us about friendship. He's been talking to us about communion and about sonship and about righteousness and communing with the Father and how we get this oil of intim intimacy that, that he's been talking about. And so if you were here on Wednesday night, I know that it was a slim crowd and some of you were not here, but if you were here on Wednesday night, he, show, he shared... Um, just he shared out of his heart, and we flew in. For, we flew in on two wheels. Really, we had the chance to go be in an awesome, awesome meeting in South Carolina last week. And so he just came back, and we basically he basically went over the things that we learned and that we gleaned from. And in that, what Damon was sharing was this prophetic picture in Second Kings chapter six. And so it's very, very powerful. I'd never heard this talk before. And it's talking about this concept and this way of thinking that's really generational legacy. And the term that, that he used was necessary transgenerational consciousness. In other words, just being mindful of the generation that's coming behind us. We know he tells us in this pulpit all week in and week out that if, if it's mine and your job to get it to the 50-yard line. And we leave the earth, but we know that we got it to the 50-yard line. How many of you know we've done our job here on earth come on if dad doesn't see it but then I get to see it and then if I don't get to see it but my son sees it I'm just as successful as I was if I didn't accomplish all that I thought I set out to be amen because it's legacy God is still the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob and so in this second Kings chapter 6 he was painting this prophetic picture and it sounds silly and it sounds funny but of a boiled baby dove's dung right and a donkey and so he and so pastor shared from that and I encourage you, even if, I don't know, maybe we can get the podcast, but because I'm going to kind of talk from that this morning. And so we came back home on Wednesday morning. He taught that, and then I laid down that night, and I had a dream. I had not had a dream in a while, and at, from the beginning of this year, from January, I had some specific things that I wrote down that I felt like the Lord was just, I felt like that I wanted to go deeper, and I was just talking to the Lord about some specific things, and one of those was that, God, I want to hear your voice. I want to hear your voice in a way that I've not heard your voice. Even in the, even in the days of past, I'm, I'm, I'm so young, but even in the days that I've heard you, I want to hear your voice clearly. So I've been praying this prayer of God, open up my eyes. Give me eyes to see and ears to hear. Revelation, come on, the fresh manna word from God. Because without the prophetic, friend, because God does nothing on the earth without first revealing it to us prophets. So without the prophetic, we're just like any other person in the world. But with the prophetic, when we heed 
the voice of the Lord. Come on, in the Gospels, God instructs us to take heed and to pay close attention to how we hear the voice of the Lord. And I don't know about you, but I want the voice of the Lord to be something that leads, guides, and directs my life into every single step. Come on, there's nothing like waking up in the morning knowing that I'm chasing after God and that I'm right in the middle of His plan and purpose for my life. That's what gives me courage, friend. That's what gives me hope and faith, right? And so pastor was sharing about this, and he gave, that, he gave the description from 2 Kings chapter 6. I go home, and I have the dream, but I wanna share, I'm going to share the dream. I'm going to read this. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to be reading out of the Passion Translation this morning from Revelation chapter 6, verse 5. I know that's an odd text, and it's one that I normally wouldn't even choose to read from, but I know that this was like a thus saith the Lord type of moment for my personal life, and I felt like it was for all of us. And so, um, and so God, I pray that you would help me, help me to deliver this word, Father, as you've given it to me. I pray, Father, that you would let peace wash over my soul. Father, I pray for a special, unique grace, Father, as I teach and preach your word, Father, even as Peter did after the, after the move in the upper room, God. He preached your word with such clarity and boldness that they said, what must I do to be saved? Father, I pray that they would not, that they would not see Stanton this morning, but God, your people would see Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name. Revelation chapter 6, verse 5 says this. Then he broke open the third seal. This is John talking. We know that he was caught up in the Lord's day. Just to give you a brief context. We know that he was caught up on the Lord's day on the Isle of Patmos. We know that John is the disciple and the apostle that Jesus loved. I think that's significant about this, about the fact that Jesus chose John to be the one that he revealed his very heart to, where the literally the heavens were open and he got to see this prophetic picture. And right here, what we're going to read in Revelation chapter 6, verse 5, is one of the seven seals of the scroll that Jesus is holding. And we know if we go back and read Revelation chapter 5 is where the Lamb of God comes because John's kind of in this panic and he's saying, you know, I'm not, I'm not who's worthy to open the scroll because I'm not worthy to do it. And then the angel of the Lord appears to John and he said, have no fear, don't worry. Jesus is worthy to open the scroll. And so right here, it says, and back in Revelation chapter 5, it says that the Lamb of God comes And he opens the seal, and we get to see into this seal through this revelation. And so this is is the third seal that's opened. And so it says, then he broke open the third seal, and I heard the third living creature call out, come forth. And behold, I saw a black horse right in front of me, and its rider was holding measuring scales. I want you to pay close attention to that language of, I saw a black horse, and its rider was holding measuring scales. And I heard what seemed to be a voice from among the living creatures saying a small measure of wheat for a day's pay and three measures of barley for a day's pay. I want you to pay close attention to that. But don't harm the olive trees producing oil and the vines producing wine. I want to talk to you this morning briefly in the next 30 minutes if you'll allow me to talk from the topic of no limits on the wine. How many of you know that when we feast at the Lord's table, it's not how it used to be back then where it might have been scarce and the limited, there was, might have been a limited amount of supply of bread, wheat, oil, and wine, but you and I, and even in the old covenant, but when Jesus Christ died on the cross and shed his blood, now you and I have free access to all the wine that we can possibly drink. We don't walk around hopeless just like, well, you know, we were saved and that now we go to heaven and that's it. No, man, this is a journey. And when we pray, God, fill us, 
although many of us in this room have already been filled with the Spirit, we constantly need a fresh infilling of His Spirit every single day. And so this oil and this wine is what we're talking about, constantly being intoxicated and totally ravished and totally captured by this wine where it rejuvenates our spirit. And that's what God is saying in this passage. And that's what I felt like He revealed to me is whatever you do, don't harm the oil man and don't harm the wine because in this, wheat and barley is great. Come on. But I want the wine, man. I want the oil. I want all that God has for me. I don't want to sell short. Listen, the signs and the wonders and the miracles and the oil and the wine flowing is great, but God never designed you and I to stop short at signs, wonders, and miracles. How many of you know that literally the manifestation of God in these moments like this, when we begin to see cancer fall, when we begin to see the lame healed and the dead raised and all these different things, listen, those manifestations are great, but you and I were never intended to stop at those manifestations. That's just simply an announcement that Jesus Christ is in the room, but he's constantly wooing us to come face to face. That's what God himself has intended for you and I. Come on, it's to come face to face. That's what pastor has been sharing with us, nose to nose, eyes to eyes, ear to ear. God himself has tore the veil. Come on, man. And now we get to have free access to his face every single day. So I'm thankful for the manifestation, but I want the wine. And when you and I choose to, can, to consume at the Lord's table every single day of our lives, we are choosing the path that might be costly and it might be expensive to us. But just as Mary, in Mark chapter 14, it says that Mary took what was most precious to her. And she smashed it at the feet of Jesus. Most scholars believe, and it's believed, that that expensive oil and perfume that was smashed at the feet of Jesus in Mark chapter 14 would have cost about a whole year's wages. How would you respond, even in this worship set this morning and going about your life? Come on, if we took that type of approach that what Mary did in Mark chapter 14, that we, were, that we would make this conscious effort as Amber sung this morning to say yes, no matter the cost. Although it costs us something, although it's expensive, come on, but it's worth it, man. It's worth it. Don't damage the oil. Don't damage the wine, right? So in this, I told you to pay close attention to the black horse in this. I want to share my dream if I can. So we got home on Wednesday night, and I had this dream. And in this dream, it was me my wife, and one other individual whose name I won't call, but she was a young person, in our, she, she's in our youth group, whose name literally means a dream or vision. So when I looked at that, I knew God was speaking to me specifically about me and about our body and about all the, on, this, on this journey of communion and fellowship and sonship with him. So I have this dream, and this dream is my wife and I, and it's a young lady in our youth group, it's just a person in our youth group whose name means dream. And in the dream, we're in this massive, vast, wide open city. The only, the only way I know how to describe it to you is like Times Square kind of on steroids, where it was extremely spread out. 
It was huge. Cement ground, and people are walking and talking. When I went to Manchester, England, it was like an extremely urban area. It's like that of New York. Just people walking, talking, going to work, going to shops, going to eat. This was the type of dream. This is the type of illustration that God was giving me. So I come out of where we were staying. I make a right. I make a left. And when I make the left, I see this army of black horses that we that I believe that God showed me here in Revelation chapter 5. I see this army of black horses. Don't pay much attention to them. We keep going. And I notice that we're just kind of walking and talking and not really paying much attention to anything. We're just enjoying life. So we come back by and I notice there's people walking and talking kind of in the cool of the day like Genesis. And we come back by. This dream shook me, man. When I woke up, I had no interpretation. By the time I sat down in my office, and within an hour, I began to weep because I felt like the Lord totally gave me what I believe is the interpretation of this dream for us today. And so in that, so we come back around, we're walking and talking, and I notice that we are undressed. We have no clothing on. So I'm going to get to that in a minute. And so I look to my left, and I see, again, this army of horses. And when I see this army of horses, I notice that their tails are going crazy, that they're bucking, that they're wild, that they're just, you can tell that something's up, extremely anxious. And later what I came to figure out is that they were extremely hungry. So when I see these horses here, we just kind of walk and I just kind of acknowledge them and I keep on going and I wake up. Again, I had no idea what this dream meant. I shared it with a person in this church. She helped me kind of walk through it and I begin to pray into it. I begin to study and dive into, God, what are you showing me here? Come on, even, even, even we know that God sets up instruction for his people in the night season. So if God's speaking to you in dreams, man, he's trying to get your attention. A dream is not something to just put on the shelf. When he speaks to us, he's giving us instruction for the days ahead. That's, that's hope in my, in my belly this morning. You know what I mean? Even when we're hungry to hear the voice of God, and then when God speaks, it's like the fresh manna that gives us life. And so anyway, so I'm looking at these horses, and here's what I came to figure out, that in this, we see that the horse is black. In other words, dark, right? The dark horse. So this, in Revelation chapter 5, it represents a famine in the land. Another word for famine is to be hungry. In other words, to be absent from Jehovah's word. How many of you know to be absent from the word of God, we're in a famine, right? We're not receiving because Deuteronomy chapter 8 tells us that you and I are not to live by bread alone, friend. We're to live by every single word that proceeds from the mouth of God because his word is spirit and it's life. It's quicker than any two-edged sword. It's sharp. It divides soul and it divides spirit. So when we get God's word, it quickens us. It changes us, right? Because it's sharp and transforming. But I believe in this picture in Revelation chapter 6 of what we just read. Those black horses represent a time of famine. I believe that they represent a time of hunger and scarcity. Listen to this. A drought. So this, this is what we're talking about, a drought at this very moment. A dark horse in Scripture can be represented or translated as a little-known person or thing that emerges to prominence, especially in a competition of some sort, a contestant that seems unlikely to succeed. In Malachi chapter 4, verse 6, the word of the Lord by the prophet, from the prophet, was that, and let the hearts of the fathers be turned to the children and the children to the sons, and to the, from the children to the fathers, lest I come and smite the earth 
with a curse. God goes silent for 400 years. How many of you know that's a famine, friend? That is hunger. And so we see this in Malachi 4.6. I want to paint this picture for you also. Pastor John talked about on Wednesday night this prophetic picture in 2 Kings chapter 6 of a donkey. And that donkey representing, by way of the prophetic, representing prophetic revelation and prophetic insight for now and for the days ahead. Notice that in my dream these horses were hungry. Notice that they were bucking and going crazy, right? In Matthew chapter 21, Jesus could have chosen anything to ride into Jerusalem on, right? He could have chosen a a mighty, big, noble horse, but he chooses to ride in on a young colt. He untothers him and says, go untie the colt because I want to place, right, what Jesus represented as the apostolic. He wanted to place the apostolic on this young colt and ride into triumph, into Jerusalem, right? I believe that, this, that these horses that I saw in this dream and Matthew chapter 21, really, to me, it paints this picture and this illustration because Revelation is one big imagery book. It's one big book of illustration, right? It paints this picture of this generation to say, you know what, man, although it might be a little stinky and although it might be a little nasty and although I may not understand and it might be a different language, I'm willing to turn my heart to theirs and and their hearts to be turned to mine and that way I can get out of my own greed and narcissism and arrogance to understand that when Trenton looks at me and says hey man God's given me a word how many of you know it takes a lot of humility to look at a young man and say hey man I heed that I want the voice of God and so this is the picture that Jesus is painting to us in this that I believe come on man let me tell you this this is unbelievable the stuff that goes on right I just want to share one brief testimony for you I'm going somewhere I promise okay so keep this picture in your mind of these wild wild horses that are hungry and that have been in famine right I believe that a generation I'm not saying that it's always been horrible it's always been famine there's been moves of God even in this house and all of that but here's what I want to tell you I believe that we are currently living I don't want to even use this type of language of where it's like God's getting ready. No, listen, the oil is here now. The wine is here now. God is ready. Listen, I feel it and I know it by way of the Spirit, friend. Listen, that Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, listen, He is ready. He's so ready to speak to you and I. God's voice is a big deal to me. I pray it's a big deal to you and all of us in this room today. Okay, so listen, in this, we get, we're leaving a service. This is talking about a generation. We're leaving the service, and Trenton comes up to me, and he's shaking, man. He's trembling under the power of God. And he looks at me with big alligator tears rolling down his eyes, and he said, man, God just spoke to me and told me that I'm to go to Walmart and to pray for somebody by the name of Corey. I'm to go to Walmart and to pray for somebody by the name of Corey. Now, first of all, you're 17, right? 18. How many of you know that's a pretty awesome big deal to think about that an 18-year-old can hear the voice of God like that, right? So he comes up to me and he's trembling. This is the days that you and I are living in. In a day 
where you and I live, where people place so much emphasis and so much authority or whatever you want to say on elegance and degrees and certificates. Listen, we need education. We need all of that. But listen, if we're not willing to heed the voice of God, the voice of God through a generation that's ready to speak, right now we will miss our moment. We will miss our moment. So listen, so Trenton looks at me and he's trembling under the power of God and he says, I'm to go to Walmart to pray for a young man by the name of Corey. He goes into Walmart with all boldness, steps in there and says, I'm looking for Corey. (laughs) I just, man, you know, I don't know about you. That's just kind of crazy to me. And he walks into Walmart and says, I'm looking for Corey. You know what I mean, man? When you've got the word of the Lord shut up in your belly, can't nobody tell you different. When Joseph was sold into slavery, it says that God was with him. This is the type of moment that this young man was living in in that type of deal. It was like, man, I know God spoke this word to me, and I'm going to move everybody out of my way no matter what it takes because i got to get to Corey. Okay? The lady with the issue of blood had to press through to get there. might be a little sticky. You know what I mean? It might not always feel good to us, but if we're willing to press... And if we're willing to push a little bit and get to Jesus, oh my gosh, there's a land flowing with milk and honey that you and I have no idea it's even available to us. Jesus, help us. Trenton walks in, I'm looking for Corey. All right, I'll go get him. First of all, Corey was there. So we know at this point, God spoke this. Corey was there. He says, hey, Corey. He goes, I was sitting in service. I felt like God told me to pray for you. So I'm going to pray for you. Do you need anything? I didn't really come for anything specific. I just felt like God told me to go pray for Corey. So he goes. He prays for Corey. Corey begins to weep under the power of God. God uses a 17-year-old man to speak the word of the Lord to Corey at Walmart, who he don't know from Adam. Let me tell you something, friend. There's a revival coming to Walmart. There's a revival coming to Walmart. I don't think you're understanding what I'm saying. There's a revival coming to Walmart. The revival in the days ahead is going to look a little different, I know it. It's going to look a little bit of something. Like when Pastor and I are sitting across the table at the smoking pig with this prophet, with this Matt Smith, who we know because of the spiritual son here, Matt. Matt Smith, we know this is God. We're sitting across the table at the smoking pig. And we are weeping under the power of God. And I know people have to think we're crazy. This is revival. This is renewal. This is rejuvenation. It was a moment when I was 16 years old and when I was 17 years old in 2010, nine years ago now, and I looked up on a platform and I said, man, this is not just a Sunday and a Wednesday thing for these people. They've given their life for this. It's more than just a feel-good, religious type of tradition type of thing where we come in and sing two fast songs and we sing two slow songs and the pastor gets up and says, thus saith God, and then we leave and then we go back to our ordinary lives. No, man, let me tell you, this is our lives to live as Christ and to die as gain. I'll give my life for this, man. We're passionate about it here, right? Live for this. We'll die for this. And so, I just wanted to paint this picture to you, man, this morning. I want to heed the voice of sons and daughters. I'm so thankful for a father that's willing to open up his home, right, and to allow me to stand here. This, he doesn't have to do that, but he just, he just loves me and wants to give him and I and all of us in this room room to say, you know what, man, just go for it. 
Just go for it. Reckless abandonment, a relentless pursuit. Just go for Jesus. I don't care how crazy it looks. I don't care how wild it looks. Just go for it. Thankful for that, man. King Uzzah died. When Uzzah died, when he touched the ark, I'm getting off here, but when Uzzah died, he touched the ark. He had become familiar with the presence of the Lord because the presence of the Lord rested in the home of his father. So he reached up and he touched the Lord and God kills him. One of the reasons I believe God kills him is because the presence of the Lord had become familiar to him. Listen, a prophet's never accepted in his own country. I just want to tell you this, man. Cornerstone's one of the greatest movements on the planet. God's doing something here that's going to shake the globe. You may say, I'm just in Sparks. I'm in here with 200 people. Let me tell you something, friend. Things are happening. Things are shifting. That saxophone and this, this bad mama jammer right here lifting his voice. Wait, I could have never preached today, man. And we could have been caught up in the third heaven like Revelation, oh, like Revelation 4 says in Revelation 5, where the, where the glory of the Lord and the 24 elders and the four living creatures and never stop casting down their crowns, saying, holy, holy, listen, time is going to go and it's going to come and work is going to go and work is going to come. And we can be like Martha and, make, and, and try to figure everything out and have all the right answers and work and do this and do that, or we can choose to be like Mary and say, I want the face of Jesus. When everybody else is looking to everywhere else, I want the face of Jesus. No matter what it costs, no matter if my friends talk about me, no matter if the whole city thinks we're a cult, I'm willing to fix my attention on the eyes that burn with fire. It's worth it, man. We got black horse famine. They're hungry for the word of the Lord. Sons and daughters will obtain prophetic insight for the days ahead. This is, I believe, one of the keys that's going to help us walk into this next dimension. It's going to help us walk into this next time. I got to hurry. It's going to have the potential to ride on the door. I believe that this apostolic is going to ride in on this Malachi 4-6 where the hearts of the fathers turn to the sons and the stern sons turn to the fathers, man. It's what it's about. It's what it's about. Where there's no revelation, the people are broken. Where there's no revelation, people are hungry. Where there's no revelation, people don't know which way to turn. Proverbs chapter 29 says this. Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. In 1 Samuel chapter 3, God uses the prophet Samuel and Eli, and he says this. In 1 Samuel chapter 3, it says this. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. In other words, there was, the scripture literally says there was no widespread revelation. You and I are living in a day of new covenant where we get to hear the voice of God continually forever. Jesus, I'm burning with this this morning. Generational legacy. Number two, in Revelation chapter 6, we see this pair of scales. We have a horse, and in my dream, I had an army of horses. And on this, there was a man in Revelation chapter 6, there was a man by way of the prophetic was sitting on it with the horse. He's sitting on the horse, and he's got the scale. And this man has got the scale. Listen, the Greek word for scale is lugon. Lugon literally means bondage or a yoke. Right? So what we see here is this. And I heard what seemed to be a voice from among the living creatures saying, a small measure, listen, a small measure of wheat 
for a day's pay and three measures of barley for a day's pay. But don't harm the olive trees producing the oil and don't, don't harm the vines producing the wine. I believe that this picture that God's trying to show us is this. Let's pull up Leviticus chapter 26, verse 26. If we can do that as quickly as possible. Leviticus chapter 26, verse 26. In the Old Covenant, in the Old Testament, wheat and barley, barley is just another type of word for bread, right? Wheat and barley. It might have been scarce. It might have been limited at that time. And so the book of Leviticus, right, is just a law for the priest, giving us instruction. Let's pull up that. Can we do that? Leviticus chapter 26. Scarcity. What we're talking about today is a limited supply versus an endless supply. We're talking about no word of the Lord by way of revelation. We're talking about revelation. We're talking about no oil and no wine, but rather when you and I choose to commune with him every single day of our lives, we are choosing the long path where there's oil and where there's wine. It's an endless supply. When we feast at the table of God, it never runs dry. For he is the living well who never runs dry. You can drink of the world. You can drink of other things. But when you drink of Jesus, you never, ever, ever have to stop drinking. The more we pour out, the more God pours in. Leviticus chapter 26. You shall not make idols for yourselves. Chapter 26, verse 26. Verse 26. 26, 26. When I have cut off your supply of bread. Ten women shall bake your bread in one oven, and they shall bring back your bread by height, and you shall eat and not be satisfied. Old covenant, scarcity, limited supply. What a father had to work for to receive wheat and receive barley, and he had to go work. The scripture says uh, three grams of barley, or excuse me, three quarts of barley or one quart of wheat for a denarius. What is a denarius? A denarius is what a man received in the Bible days for one day's work. In other words, this is what he got. It was worth about 15 cent, right, when you look at it. It was worth about 15 cent. And so in this, we see wheat and we see barley. We see in Leviticus chapter 26, which I believe is directly connected to that, where God's trying to paint this picture, man. He's trying to paint this picture of where a father and where fathers in the old covenant had to labor just to receive three quarts of wheat or three coats, quarts of barley and one quart of wheat. But now you and I get to live in an endless supply. The days of only having to live with just enough are over. And I declare over you right now in the name of Jesus that your famine is over. The famine is over. That back has been broken long before you and I ever hit the earth. And now we get to live in a land that's ever flowing with milk and with honey and love and joy and peace and pleasures forevermore. Milk and honey that flows in the promised land forever and ever. No more scarcity. No more limited supply. No more just a little bit of wheat and just a little bit of barley. But now you and I get to feast at the table with the oil and with the wine. The wine that intoxicates us. When God lavishes his wine on us, what does wine represent? i got to hurry. Wine represents covenant. When we come into covenant and communion with God, the access is unlimited. We get to come boldly now, friend. That's good news. Listen, 
Yugon, Zugon, or Lugon literally means yoke or bondage, limited supply, right? Deuteronomy chapter 8, not to live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds for his mouth. Listen, we, how we will choose, we will choose how much abundance we walk in by our willingness to commune with Yahweh. It really is that simple. You and I have tried to make this thing so hard and try to figure out all the answers and the equation and the formulas to get the, get the solution. But listen to me, listen, listen this morning. It's simple. Amber told you this morning from that platform all we have to do in order to get access into the oil and the wine. The Holy of Holies is open to you and I, not just reserved for some preacher or some awesome voice worship leader. You and me get to go boldly into the Holy of Holies at any moment that we want to now. It's not reserved just for the special somebodies. It's reserved for the 12-year-old. It's reserved for the 14-year-old. And if you choose to commune like Adam and Eve did and walk and talk in the cool of the day, listen, why were we unclothed in the dream? I know that sounds a little crazy, and I didn't understand why God was showing me that in this moment. We were unclothed because God was showing me this picture of this unlimited supply where Adam and Eve were walking and talking in the cool of the day. They were naked. Mr. John Swalls in the back did a word study on the word naked, and it literally means to be without. Literally, when, when sin entered the world and death entered the world, Adam was then without Jesus. He was naked, right? That's why he went to cover himself up. He was naked, but he didn't know he was naked. He was clothed in glory. Jesus was showing me, oh, I feel you, Lord. Jesus was showing me in this dream, man, I'm telling you, we were walking and talking in the cool of the day. This is a twofold thing. We see this, we're walking with Jesus every single day. How do you do that? You say, Pastor, how do I do that? You do it by simply saying every single day, God, I acknowledge you in my life. The fear of the Lord, the, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's a wise thing to do to acknowledge the fact that you can't get up without Jesus. You can't breathe without him. You can't talk without him. You can't go to your job without him. You can't go to church without him. And we need the Holy Ghost every single day of our lives. Every single day of our lives. We get to walk with him, man. We get to talk with him. We get to do life with the creator of the universe. It's good news. No more scarcity, right? We're going to choose this. We're going to choose this path of intimacy. We're going to choose this path, right? Come on. Can you just lift your hands even right now? I just feel to do this. Father, we choose the unlimited supply. We want it all, God. We don't want to stop short or just, just because Rick Franklin got healed from stage four cancer, God. We're really thankful for that. But, God, we're ready for you to send them in here by the droves. We want all of it, God, not only the manifestation, but we want you. We don't want to stop short. We want it all, Jesus. We want the fullness. We want to walk and talk hand in hand, nose to nose, proximity to Jesus in intimacy and divine romance. Romance your bride this morning, Lord. Romance your bride this morning, Lord. Oh, you great, you great, you great king. You beautiful man that's seated at the right hand of the Father. We ask you this morning with boldness and confidence, lavish yourself on the bride of Christ this morning, Lord. We see the oil. I'm almost done. We see the oil. In Mark 14, I already referenced that. Mary, broken at the feet of Jesus. Listen, friend. Listen, please get this. Please, please. Jesus could have chosen to respond any type of way to Mary's act of extreme devotion. He could have said anything at this point. 
He's the grand poobah. You know what I mean? He could have said what he wanted to, to this, what the Passion Translation says, extreme act of devotion. He could have said anything. And what he chooses to do when Judas and the rest of them say, you know what? We could have made a great sum off of this. That's what the world says. You know, we could have taken all this stuff that you broke at his feet. We could have really done something with that. You know what I mean? And Jesus says, shut up. What she's chosen to do for me, wherever the gospel is preached all throughout the land, will be remembered forever. Hear this skinny white boy this morning. Listen to me. Worship is forever. Communion with him, that's leaving a true legacy. My father can leave me all the money in the world, but the most thing that he's leaving me with, the most important thing that he's leaving me with, when he leaves the earth one day, is leaving me with a lifestyle of worship. When the heart of a father was turned to a son and a son was turned to the father, what Mary did, she chose legacy. Do you see that this morning? She chose this generational legacy that pastor's been talking to us about. Does that make sense to us? Man, it's so good. Choose a legacy. You and I don't really understand. I know I don't in my own carnal mind. My hand is up understanding that choosing to commune is something so simple but literally it's shifting the universe it's changing our families communion with him in John 6 verse 56 unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood can't even enter can't even enter into the kingdom you have no part of me unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood there's power in eating the flesh drinking the blood and you and I need to choose in Jesus name and Stanton needs to choose every single day to commune with him commune with him before you come into this place and the roof will blow off when we like that 2011 versus two I meant 211 versus 212 once it's hot but then when it shifts to 12 and we really begin to pour out thankfulness to God things happen man things happen Oh, Holy Ghost. And just seeing where I want to go with this. We need to wrap it up here. The oil represents the covenant, the blessing, and the abundant joy. Exchanging that garment of heaviness for the oil of joy every single day. It's a choice that you and I get to make to choose joy. Joy. To dance in the rain. To dance in the rain. To dance in the rain. Come on, man. It's a robe and a ring and the rain boots and the umbrella. The boots and the camouflage, those days are over. God's calling us into the bedchamber. Say yes to dance into the rain. Let him lavish himself on you. Listen, man, I had this picture growing up of like this, this deal where it was like, it's a really hard thing that I had to really, really push for. But when you read Song of Solomon, it's not like that, is it, Matt? It's not like that. When he's saying, oh, my darling, it's like the bride and a bridegroom. It's like a husband and a wife, right? The bride of Christ and the bridegroom king, right? Oh, darling, when you wake up, come away with me because I'm here waiting on you. For my lover is like a, is like a gazelle that's appearing through the lattice. This is the type of language that God's trying to take us into, man. Past the outer court, past the inner court and into the holy of holies. Worship lasts forever. 
this is how we leave a legacy. This is how you win the war. The war is over. This is how we fight our battles. A melody is how we win the war. Choosing to lift our voice. Revelation chapter 5 says that the creatures in heaven that are circling the throne respond to what you and I do here on the earth by one word. Amen. Let it be so. They were peering into heaven this morning when you came down in here saying amen. Yes. And it's a sweet-smelling aroma that goes into the nostrils of Jesus when you and I choose to worship him. We get out of this natural flesh because those mature sons of God are those that are led by the Spirit. Even if it's when we sit down at lunch, man, God, we honor your presence in our life. It's that natural choice every single day. I know this sounds simple to us today, but when I got this dream, man, it was like a light bulb went off and said, there's a generation that's been hungry and it's only been able to receive a limited supply. But there's a lot of fathers in this room that have paved the way for sons and daughters to be able to receive the fresh, unique, unlimited supply of oil and wine. Got the wheat and you got the barley, but whatever you do, don't damage the wine. Don't damage the oil. Overflowing abundance. I find it so significant that the first Jesus, the first miracle that Jesus chooses to do is in the Gospel of John, chapter 2, where he turns the water into wine. The scripture says that there were six jars, which would have basically not done it, right? Six jars that were used for a Jewish tradition, of a washing tradition. And Jesus says, you go, and you go fill those pots, and the water turns into the wine, man. Because there's an overabundance available. There's an overabundance of the availability of wine for you and I when we choose to communion. That's good news this morning, man. Drinking from the living well that never runs dry. A never-ending, overflowing abundance. What one generation labored for to only receive a little bit of barley, barley and a little bit of wheat. True sons, by way of inheritance, step into the oil they step into the wine. The famine's over, man. Famine's over, man. The famine's over. I declare that again this morning. The famine's over. The word of the Lord, it's been absent in your life. It's coming in Jesus' name. The time is now and the time is here. 2019 will be a year that God speaks to his sons and daughters. I know it by way, by way of the spirit of God. He's really, really concerned with you paying attention to him, and it's going to be easy at this point from here now on. If you are willing to pay attention to him, he's ready to pour out his voice like a voice of many waters, thunder, lightning. The the simple whisper, the same God and the same lamb that was slain is the same God that's roaring over you and I today. Jesus, Jesus, let's stand to our feet. Let's stand to our feet. Oh, Jesus. John 6, verse 56, Jesus instructs the disciples, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you can have no part of me. Later in that chapter, later in that chapter, excuse me, previously in that chapter, Jesus feeds the 5,000, which really was more than that when you look at it. And we know, we know that when Jesus fed and the bread and the loaves of fish, the loaves of bread and the fish multiplied. When they broke it, it began to multiply. 
And then later we see, right in that same chapter, eat my flesh, drink my blood. It grossed out the disciples to the point where they fled. It sounded grotesque. It sounded gross. They wanted no part of that. Do what? This man wants me to eat his flesh and drink his blood? Listen, Bill Johnson and Benny Johnson made the decision back a while ago, senior leaders at Bethel, pastor references them all the time, they made the decision to take communion every single day. If you're hungry to hear the voice of God, man, you've not felt his embrace in a long time, I encourage you, go take some bread and go take some wine, go take some juice, whatever it is, and sit down at the table of Jesus. There is power in the blood of Jesus. There still is power in the blood of Jesus. The blood is the wine, friend. Do you see the connection there? The blood is the wine, the bread of life. He literally said, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. Measuring out every little bit was never intended to be God's way of bestowing love to his children. I'm going to say that again. Measuring out every little bit was never intended to be God's way of bestowing love to his children. He is ready and is doing it now on the earth. He's ready to bring us into the land that flows with oil, that flows with wine, a never-ending supply of milk and honey. By way of the word of the Lord, when Jesus was giving instruction to Moses, and Moses is speaking to the children of Israel, now they're getting ready. They've endured the 40-year process of the wilderness, and now they're getting ready to go into the promised land, right? The land that's flowing with milk and honey, those that are willing to go in, right? This is what he says. He says this. I'm going to read it just because it's so good that I've got to read it. And then we're gonna and then we're gonna pray. Are you guys okay? It's 12:08. Let's let's just go five more minutes. This is the this is the chapter and the verse where it says, We're not to live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from his mouth. Listen to this. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 7. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. Everybody shout, a good land. A land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs that flow out of valleys and hills. Verse 8. Woe, a land of wheat and barley. Revelation 6 of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil, whoa, and honey. Verse 9, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing, shall nothing, a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper. When you have eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord your God from the good land which he has given from you. How many of you know that's a little bit of different language versus Leviticus chapter 26, verse 26, where he said, you all gonna have to get your bread together and put it in the oven and only get a limited supply. Then we go over one book of the Bible and see in Deuteronomy chapter eight, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity. That's good news this morning. I wanna say this to some fathers in this place this morning and mothers, man, if I can do that, is this. We, me, them, we need your yes. We need your yes. When Matt and I and the rest of us were in that meeting, I felt like the Lord gave me this picture of Noah getting it. I know he only had eight, and he built 80 years the ark, right, to save literally mankind. Then he gets eight on the ark, so that way the flood of the earth doesn't destroy him, right? But literally, I felt like God gave me this picture of Noah taking as many by the hand as he could and said, come on, come on, 
come on, that's a father saying yes to a generation. And then as that generation turns and turns, and turns to their fathers, Malachi 4.6, that's the land that flows with milk and honey. That's the land of never-ending oil. That's the land of never-ending supply. When your heart can be turned to them and their hearts can be turned to you. That's good news this morning, man. Jesus, fathers pave the way. And they've got the wheat and the barley. And they're going to show the sons and the daughters how to find the oil. Guard the oil. Guard the wine. Whatever you do, don't worry about the scarcity of the wheat and the barley. But don't damage the oil. John 15, you and him and, and him and you. That's the truest you, man. You don't have to try to be somebody else. You can be honest with God. Come on, him and you and you and him, for he is the vine and you are the branches. Come on, he's the living source of life that gives us life and life more abundantly, not to live day by day, minute by minute, second by second, week by week, paycheck to paycheck. God's living in a day, and you and I are living in a day where God is saying, yes, pour out the oil, pour out the wine, all the wheat, all the barley, all the bread. The bread house is open. It's open to you and I. We don't walk around downcast with our heads down, trying to get by every little thing. We say yes every day, and we're taking one step up the ladder every single day into a land that's flowing with milk and honey. Fathers pave this way. I'm so thankful for the fathers. I'm so thankful for the fathers. Not only my biological father, and not only my spiritual father, but people like Dusty Statham and Cleve Edwards, come on, that are willing to believe in me. When I was above 30 and I couldn't have hit to save my life, I said, Coach, let me swing it one more time. And I get up there and hit a grand slam because he was willing to say yes. Why? Because I needed a little confidence, man. I was hitting a buck 20. I needed a little help. And he looks at me and says, you go out there and swing it. And I'm hobbling because I was hurt. And I go to the plate, swing out of my shoes. I can't hit it. I don't even feel, I knew it had to be the way of the Lord. I swing and the ball hits out. And dad's over there screaming, run! I said, no, baby, I hit the long ball. And there it was. There was the grand slam. Why? Because a father was willing to say yes to a son. And a son got to hit the long ball. God, that's good this morning. Jesus. Last statement, and I'm done. This way of thinking is a brand new way of thinking for us. I know. It's new for me. And me, these are conversations that him and I have every day sitting in that office to say, man, this Song of Solomon type of stuff. I don't know, but something's shifting on the inside of me, man. I want the oil, and I want the wine, and God, God is inviting you and I into this bedchamber, into this land, into this promised land, where he's saying, come, I'm ready to speak, daughter. And even though you don't hear me on Monday, come back to me on Tuesday. And even if you don't feel me on Tuesday, set your face like Flint and set your alarm, because I'm ready. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 6, go in your room and shut the door and pray to the God of secret. Whoa, that's willing to reward you openly in public for what you do in private. You and I may never get on the big stage, me and you and I may never see 5,000 fill this room. But I could care less about numbers, and I could care less about fame, and I could care less about lights, or whatever it's, or television broadcasts, or whatever the heck it looks like. But if we have proximity, and presence, and glory, and oil, and wine, it's worth it all. 
I'd rather have nearness to the Holy Ghost. I'd rather walk hand in hand with him in the cool of the day, man. I'd rather have it all. The glitz and the glamour can go and can come. But when we get to come face to face with the face of Jesus, that's what it's about. I'll spend the rest of my life saying yes in communion. So Trenton and Zach and Carson and Peyton and Joshua can say, you know what? When Stanton goes in the ground, I'm going to stand because he said yes to communion and because Cleve and Terry and everybody else said yes to communion. Now I'm going to say yes to communion. We need fathers. I need you. I desperately need fathers to help me. They need you. We need each other. Iron sharpens iron. Show me how to pay my taxes. Show me how to hear the voice of God. Show me how to read my Bible. Show me how to dig out revelation. Show me how to pay my car payment. Show me how to pay my bills on time. Sons need fathers and daughters need mothers. It's the same thing. Without it, there can be no land of flowing with milk and honey. This is the way that God has paved for us. This way of thinking is intoxicating, lavishing, reckless, exuberant, authentic, and excessive, overabundance. There's no limits on the wine. There's no limits on the wine. Rather than stopping short of what we truly, truly are designed for, and you and I are truly designed for face to face. Come on, come on. Listen, this is what I want to do. I just want to pray. I don't pray for anybody today. I just want to just say, hey, let's go commune with Jesus. Matt, you're welcome to come sing something. Bree, even if I tell you what I would love, you keep playing. Bree, I would love for you to come play that sax. And Matt, you just sing something out of your heart. She left. Okay, how about Rick or Pate? Come play the good guitar for us. That'd be awesome. I don't care who or both of you. I just want to play. No drums, though. I want us to lift our voice. Can we do that this morning? Come on, man. Let's just take five minutes and just commune with him. We're practicing now for what we're going to do in our bedroom when we get home. If we're willing to get in the band chamber with bed chamber with him and let him romance his bride, I'm telling you, shift is happening. Transform is coming. Come on. The famine is over. Lift your hands right now. The famine is over in Jesus' mighty name. You shall hunger and thirst no more because those who hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled continually over abundance running over pressed down shaking up multiplied running over he's a good daddy this morning to his children he's a good good daddy a father that loves his children the good shepherd the good shepherd the holy spirit of God that's always open he's always ready to call his sons and daughters in come on right now just pray in the Holy Spirit can I have some I mean I don't know man if you're serious about prayer and you're serious about this thing you're welcome to come to the front come on Miss Ian, will you just come help me walk and pray somebody I don't care let's just let's just pray right here let's just enter into a time where we just commune with the Father Holy Ghost, we invite you in a fresh way, God. Come, Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. Enlighten us. Open our eyes. Enlighten Stanton's eyes. Come on. Open my ears that I would hear you speak, God. I want the revelation. I want the word of God. Come on, just say that out of your mouth. The oil and the wine. Oh, come on. The famine is over. You're not going to worry on day-to-day anymore because the famine is over. Extravagant, exuberance overflowing, abundance, plentiful. It's running over. It's milk and honey. It's for you, Shane. It's for you, Rusty. It's for you, Tracy. It's for you, Cliff. It's for you, Dennis. It's for all of us. It's for the family. 
It's for the family. There's no limits on the wine for the family. When family chooses the wine, it's the promised land, man. Whoa, sons to fathers and fathers to son, mothers to daughters and daughters to fathers. The horses are hungry. The horses are hungry. They've been hungry and they're bucking and they're going wild and the, t- and the tail's going every which way and the nose is going up and down. But Jesus is saying, just walk and talk in the cool of the day. Just walk and talk with the cool of the day. That's where the manna is, man. That's where the fresh word of the Lord is. Father, we are, don't wanna live by bread alone or by natural food. We want spiritual food. Feed us, Papa. Feed us, Daddy. We want the oil. We want to drink from the well that never runs dry. Jesus, pour out the oil. Jesus, pour out the wine. Come on. Come on. Don't miss this moment, friend. Just lift your voice. Come on. Just lift your hands. The oil, the oil, the oil. No limits to the wine. Come on, Gavin. I need you. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Yes, God. Unfamiliar adventure. Overflowing with milk and honey. And I hear you calling. We commune with you, Jesus. All I can say is yeah. The reckless love of a father. All I can say is yeah. No shadow you won't light up. All I can say is yeah. No wall you won't tear down. Coming after us. Your arms are open today, God, and we thank you for that. Yeah, 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 yeah. We thank you for that, God. Your arms are open. Your arms are open. Yeah, your arms are open. You're the good shepherd. Yeah, you're good father. You're a good daddy. Abba, we call out to you this morning. Jeremiah 33, call to me, and I will answer. In Luke chapter 10, oh, man, oh, the Jewish, the Jewish people. They kicked him off the horse, and he was beaten, and he was bruised, he was broken. But Jesus uses a Samaritan, whoa, to go and to take the oil and to take the wine and to pour it out on his wounds. There's healing in the oil. There's healing in the wine. Whoa, there's healing in the oil. Healing, healing. Generational curses be broken in Jesus' name. Granddaddy and daddy, we're an alcoholic. We're not going to be an alcoholic. Granddaddy, great-grandma and Grammy, they did it this way. God, we want to do it another way. A unique, a unique, whole different deal, Lord. That's what we want. We say yes. Our hearts are burning this morning, God. Let us not be like on the road to Emmaus where our hearts miss you. Let our hearts burn oh whoa let our hearts burn we don't know how to pray as we are but the the spirit of God himself makes intercession with longings and groanings that cannot be uttered if you pray in the Holy Ghost let's let's activate that right now We lift our voices, Jesus. Come on, man. He's in this place. All I can say is yes. All I can say is yes. Filling God. Fill his life in Jesus' mighty name. Filling, filling, filling in Jesus' mighty name. All I can say is yes. A childlike wonder. Let's take it. A familiar adventure. 
Come on, you might need to dance. I hear you, you might look calling. A crazy. You might need to jump. I hear you calling. We say yes. And I hear you calling. I hear you calling. Why? The only response is yes. The oil press is the open. The only response is yes. The only response is yes. Abundance. The only response Favor. is yes. Favor. Provision. Abundance. Only response is yes. Oil. Our only response Oil. is yes. Oil. Let the horses run, God. Let them run. Let them run. Adventure awaits. We're hungry for the word of the Lord. Adventure awaits. Adventure awaits. Adventure awaits. Your table awaits. Adventure awaits. Open access. Adventure awaits. Yes, God. Venture away. And all I can say is yes. All I can say is yes. Yes, yes. Come on, let's say that. Shout it. Yes. 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 Come on, Matt. Say yes. Victory. Yes. Say it till your heart believes it. Say it till your spirit lines up. Say is yes. Whoa. Yes. All we can say is yes. right there. Come on. I hear you calling. Yes. And I hear you calling. Momentum. I hear you calling. Momentum is changing. The winds are shifting. The season has shifted. The dryness is over. I hear you calling. Saturation. I hear you calling. The winter is over. Sunlight, sunlight. The sun is shining. You call wave after wave. I hear you call wave it. after wave. Wave after wave. Tsunamis, tsunamis. Wave, wave. Let the wind blow. Let the wind blow. All I can say is I can this is how I want to this is how I want to end this service I want us to pray for each other I want us to pray that God will soften our hearts with the tenderness and with the humility and with the brokenness blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Not by our minds, not by our power, but by your spirit, God. I pray, come on, if you, yes.
um, just just one thing he struck me when he said that that uh, the woman come in and broke her box and she left a legacy. She was willing, because if you read that story in context, she was willing to walk through a religious house. That's right. Knowing her past and her history and what type of woman she was, she was willing. Oh, it's so good talking about a father or a mother. She was willing to walk past the opinions of everyone else, willing to walk past the religious right, the people who were supposed to be looking for Jesus. Her willingness to walk in the religious house and break her box in the front of Jesus in front of all those people created a legacy forever. Like you said, when the story's told forever and ever, that's the story that's told. It's her story. Come her on, willingness to it. walk past. That's it. So what is your willingness? Are you willing? Delayed gratification is some of the language you use. Delayed gratification. What are we willing to walk past what people think in our worship? What are we willing to walk past like Trenton goes to a store and said, I'm looking for Corey. When the Lord speaks to you and nudges you, do you just brush it off? So I'm saying, what type of legacy are you leaving? Are you willing to hear and obey the voice of the Lord? That was, it so struck me, Stanton. It so struck me. What type of legacy are you leaving? And I'm specifically talking about worship. What are you willing to press past? Come on, man. For the legacy that, that you want to leave. That's right. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Jess, if you have something, you can come and release it. If you also, have secondly, I'm sorry, I didn't mean no, to. Go come, um, when I sat down and you read through that first deal, I felt like we should pray for you. And then he stepped over at the end and said, we need, I have a word for Stanton. We need to pray for him. And two. That's great. I'm, I want us to make sure that we're responding rightly to this. When the word of the Lord and the fear of the Lord comes, it's important that we respond correctly. And I just feel like that we just need to say yes to just what that, that's the word of the Lord right there. He just released, that's the word of the Lord. Let's say yes to legacy this morning, okay? Listen, worship is saying yes to legacy. Communion, eat my flesh and drink my blood, that's saying yes to community. I, I meant to communion, amen? And to legacy. Terry, come here. Terry, come here. If you're an elder in this house, come here just a minute. If you need to go, go. But if you're an elder, please come up here. Dusty, Cleve, Clay, Terry. Can you come down here? However you want to do it, I don't care. I'm going to ask you to pray for your son in just a minute. Is that okay? Okay. I'm going to try to give you this what I felt like we needed to do is just pray for you because God let me see just a little bit just a glimpse of what's on the horizon and so I saw you and your and your wife Abby and, and I saw like white light begin to swirl around you and and that became the handle of, of a sword a long silver sword in the hand of the Lord and I saw God grab that sword and he walked off with it and then he, it came into view, and he was admiring it like on a desk. And this time it was gold. It was golden in color, and it was the tip of it was sitting on the map of the, of the continental United States. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, 
But he's, he's taking your marriage and he's beginning to refine and purify you. And, and you're going to come forth as gold because your marriage is just like a mighty weapon in the hand of the Lord. And you're going to, your faith, your marriage, your union is, is coming forth. It's going to go through a process, but it's coming forth. Pure gold. Okay? And he's going to take that sword and he's going to thrust it into the heart of this nation. He's going to thrust it into the heart of this nation. So we're going to pray for you that your strength wouldn't fail, that you'd have resolve to stand where others would not and fall in short. You'll have the resolve needed to tote this, okay? Because it's a national destiny. Father's going to thrust you guys right into the heart of this nation. It's ripe for harvest. Come here and pray for your son. John Swalls, come here, buddy. Come here. I believe the name of your company is Southern Valley. Is that correct? Yeah, I just, that this is, this is like a fertile valley, this whole area through here. And it's very prophetic in the name of your company. And just, I just, so I started when I was walking up here, I was just looking up the different valleys, the valleys of Shechem, the valleys of, of Ecol, all those different valleys. And, uh, and when I, after I finished praying for Stanton, I just want you to pray over the people and just release a blessing over the people. Just a blessing over the people because the valley is so fertile and the rain is, is coming down and the, and the, and the, and the sun is, is melting the snow on top, of the, on top of the mountains and the water is flowing down into the valley and it's so representative of who you are and of your company. So when I finish praying for Stanton, I just want you to release a prayer over the people and we'll be dismissed if they say that's okay.
So, I have no idea why I'm standing here. Um, I, I'm just, oh my God, I, what am I supposed to pray for these people? was going to literally pass out when it, I heard God speak to me and he said do unto others as you'd have have them do to you and I covet prayer so much from others I've been through so many hard times in life somebody would come along and they would say I'm praying for you and I'm fasting for you so I knew what my prayer was for you it was to pray and fast this week for all the things that I wish God through my life that he's done and where he's delivered me from a youth my youth, how God saved me so many youth. I bless you. I bless you not to turn to the right or the left, but to follow God all the days of your life. Know that He is good. He is good. He is so good. Follow close. Stay with Him. Don't turn. I bless you to be an influence among your peers. Pray that God would make you incredibly talented. We should be the most talented, the most influential people on the planet. Because we have something that a lost and dying world doesn't have. We have that wine and we have that oil. Be blessed in that. You single mother, I bless you. I apologize on behalf of men. I apologize to the women that have been treated unkindly and not been treated as a beautiful, lovely jewel that God's made you to be. I bless you in the name of Jesus. Please forgive us. I bless you, men. I bless you to know that your daddy was just a little boy one time too. He was just a broken little boy as well. I bless you to forgive him. I bless you to love him and allow the Spirit to flow through your forgiveness. bless you as parents I bless you to, to discipline in love and never discipline in anger I bless you your hands to always be received as love and felt as love from your children and I bless you as you go to work each day that God honor your labor and that all the things that your hands touch, that they would turn to gold. 
people to look and know that it's because of the Spirit of God that dwells in you, not because of your smarts or your talents. In the name of Jesus, I just pray. Thank you, God, for this people. Thank you, Lord, for I love these people. I pray that you'd richly and greatly bless them, Lord, as they've sown into me. God, I pray that you'd bless them some four, fourfold, some ten, some a hundred, but press down, shaking together, and running over. God, that you would bless them in all ways. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You guys are dismissed. We love you. Thanks for listening to this message. For more exciting content, visit our website at sparkswillfly.cc and connect with us on social media. 